catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning. I'm Jack Prater, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The Alachua County School Board is considering changes to Camp Crystal Lake following an internal investigation into the camp's management and use of taxpayer funds. The school board is also raising questions about equitable access to the camp. I sat down with WUFT's Katie Heisen to talk about the most recent developments in the story. Back in November, Carly Simon, who was superintendent at the time and was since fired by the school board, sent an email to school board members raising concerns about the camp's management and finances. Some of her main concerns had to do with the scholarship program, the amount of money being given was exceeding the amount donated for scholarships, and there was no need-based metric used to allocate the scholarships. It appeared, she said, that gifts of camp tuition were given to friends of the director, including very wealthy families and a former superintendent and even out-of-county campers who don't pay taxes to the district. Simon later received a letter from the camp director's lawyer signaling his intent to sue her for defamation. So now the school board is advising the camp on possible changes and discussing some of the issues that the investigation brought up. So what came out of the internal investigation? The investigation cleared Burton of violating school board policy. At the workshop during public comment, Simon alleged that some of the internal investigators had also received camp scholarships and that though no probable cause was found, she said there were policies violated that weren't listed in the investigation. Neither the school board nor Burton responded directly to those comments at the workshop. And as of the time of this interview, they have not offered any response to me either, other than a district spokesperson directing me back to the original investigation. The second half of the story touches on diversity in the camp's admissions process. Could you tell us more about that process and some of the issues that have been brought up about it? Yeah, the camp has historically had a very long wait list for summer camp spots. In 2015, the camp announced that it was switching to a tier system in which returning campers would be given priority over new campers. The announcement said this was to keep our camp family unified and reward loyalty. I think many from Camp Crystal Lake feel it's important that kids have the opportunity to be lifelong campers and camp staff has have said that former campers that move away to other um, counties, states, even other countries still want their kids and grandkids to come to Camp Crystal Lake. So that's part of why the website says only 85% of Crystal Lake campers are from the county. Some have pointed to that registration policy as one of the factors that may be keeping Black students from participating in the camp at a level that reflects the district's demographics. If most campers in the past have been white and those students are prioritized, returning students are prioritized for spots, it may make it harder to make a large and quick shift in the demographics of the camp. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't touch on? I think it's important to note 
the changes that the investigation has spurred, Camp Crystal Lake isn't just the summer camp. It offers free educational trips for all public elementary schools and eight charter schools during the school year. So the school board is now looking at options to separate out the funding to just give district funds to those programs and make the summer camp self-sustaining. The camp also formed a scholarship committee and revised the scholarship process for the upcoming summer. The application has places to mark whether the family receives certain income-based benefits and to attach their tax returns. The summer camp is really beloved by a lot of people. And I think the challenge now at hand is how to increase access to that opportunity to more students in the county who haven't had it in the past. That was WUFT's Kitty Heisen on her latest story about equitable access to Camp Crystal Lake. Now, let's get into some other top headlines. WFSU reports Governor Ron DeSantis is calling for a race-neutral drawing of North Florida's U.S. House districts. Speaking in Miami Tuesday, DeSantis again defended his decision to veto the legislature's congressional map, which included an African-American opportunity district in Duval County. DeSantis' campaign against minority access districts in the region began when he proposed a map that eliminated African-American Democratic Congressman Al Lawson's 5th Congressional District. DeSantis' proposed map leans heavily in favor of Republicans. Florida's legislative leaders have said lawmakers will take up whatever map the governor's office presents when they meet next week. Two men from a sprawling retirement community in Florida will have to enter a pretrial intervention program, perform community service, and attend adult civics classes in exchange for deferred prosecutions on their charges of voting more than once in the 2020 election. Court records filed last week say Charles Barnes and Jay Ketchik, both from the Villages area, must perform 50 hours of community service each and get a grade of a C or better in the adult civics class. In exchange, State Attorney William Gladson will defer prosecuting them on charges of casting more than one ballot in an election. A recent report found that Florida families continue to struggle with hardships brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic, WUSF reports. The survey was completed in January and February of this year. It found that Black and Hispanic households reported a loss of income at more than double the rate of white households. Noreen Dollard with the Florida Policy Institute based her report on data from a U.S. Census survey. Though there have been many improvements on the pandemic front, she says the report shows people continue to struggle. It doesn't always match with the messaging. I think that we hear, you know, that we're rebounding and we are. We're just not rebounding for all Floridians. The report found that 14% of Floridians had problems putting food on their tables and 12% lacked health insurance. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jack Prater, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Thursday.